0: From an inmate at the Virginia Department of Corrections, Red Onion State Prison. To accept this call, press zero. This is Red Onion Randy. Last time I left off, I was talking about the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan and how much one of his characters meant to me and how. It changed me, how it, you know, it helped me to rehabilitate myself and to learn how to think. Today, I'm going to go into the rest of my stay in SEG. Fortunately for me, since I slit the child molester's throat at Sussex 1, I haven't gotten in any type of trouble, nothing serious or anything of that nature as far as violent goes or, you know, catching a charge or whatnot. But I still wound up doing 13 and a half years in solitary confinement here at Red Onion because of what I did at Sussex One. When you do something of that nature, you know, especially violence involving a weapon or even if it's just, you know, you get into a fight with someone and you beat them down pretty good. Maybe you break their jaw or some ribs or or something of that nature. You expect to do some time in sick. But no one expects to do 13 and a half years in solitary confinement. I completed every program that the state of Virginia has to offer you know, for for violent offenders such as myself. The thing is, around 2012, the early part of 2012, I was actually released from solitary confinement. And I was placed in phase one of the step-down program. And I did three weeks in phase one, and which phase one was basically, it was sort of like a mini population. Uh, everybody had a single cell, and the bottom tier would come out for pod wreck by themselves, and the top tier would come out for pod wreck by themselves, but you wouldn't get outside recreation on the big yard. You would still have to go to the cages. I did three weeks, and I had just been hired as a special assignment to go outside and clean up the yard, pick up trash, cigarette butts, and so on and so forth. A couple of days before what I'm about to tell you happened, uh, there was a fight in the pod between two inmates, and uh, we was put on lockdown for about a week. But during that lockdown, a couple of days after the fight, uh, a sergeant came in the morning and said, hey, lieutenant wants to talk to you in his office. I was like, okay. I didn't think nothing of it. He's like, man, because we're on lockdown, I have to put you in shackles and handcuffs. I'm like, all right. That's, I mean, that's fine. That's cool. I respect that. So the whole time we're walking out towards the office, I'm thinking that it's about the job. You know, and uh, I'm not concerned or worried about it at all. So when we get out, we walk by the lieutenant's office and we walk outside and we start walking up the concrete towards the other part of the building. I'm like, hold up. Wait a minute, man. Yo, dude, what's going on here? And he's like, well, he said, man, don't shoot the messenger, man. Don't shoot the messenger, but we have to lock you back up. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. What am I getting locked up for? And he told me something, I don't know. It just I got the phone call that said to lock you up, you're being placed under investigation for what you did upstate. I'm like, wait a minute, man. Upstate is juvenile prison. Even if I did do something there, it can't come back on me now. It's time bar. And he's like, well, man, I, I, he's, all I can say, man, is don't shoot the messenger. So I wound up getting locked back up. And, you know, I, at the time, I, you know, I was like, hold it. Well, I want to talk to the building lieutenant. I want to I talk to the investigator, man. I, I want to find out what's going on. A couple of days go by and finally I get this I I catch the, uh, the investigator up here and I ask him, wait a minute, man, what did you place me under investigation for? And, why haven't you spoke to him? And he's like, investigation? He said, I don't have you under investigation. I'm like, well, dude, I, I was just locked up out of a population, out of step one, uh, uh, phase one of the step-down program. Y'all said I was, they said that you said I was under investigation. He said not. Nah. So he left. He looked into it, talked to some people, and finally they came back and they told me that who was in charge of The committee, I can't remember the name of it. It's it's some committee that was between Wallens Ridge, uh, Red Onion State Prison, and Keene Mountain. And he decided to lock me up based on the charges that I'd committed in the past, even though I'd been over six years charge-free at the time and so on and so forth. I never could get a chance to speak to him. Nobody would speak to me. Um, I filed paperwork and so on and so forth. And nothing ever happened. When I got the paperwork back, I I bundled all that paperwork up and I sent it to the ACLU to help me to file a lawsuit against the state for locking me up, not for something I did, but simply locking me up in solitary confinement for what I'm capable of doing, but I never heard back from them. They never wrote me back, so I was screwed. But, As they say, you know, God works in mysterious ways, silver linings and all of that stuff. Because I got locked up without a charge and I went back to solitary confinement for a couple of years, they started the new program up here, and that was the intense management pod, which was D6. Um, And I was over there, and because I happened to be in that pod at the time, I was chosen and selected to do the documentary, Solitary, A Look Inside Red Onion State Prison. And because of that documentary, a lot of things in the state of Virginia changed. Um, You know, I was told that a lot of people from around the world contacted the governor of Virginia, contacted our senators and congressmen, and contacted the Department of Corrections headquarters and even called up here to the warden's office and so on and so forth, asking them why they're treating human beings like that and how they would like to be treated like that. And, you know, from my understanding, even several people even lost their jobs over them keeping us in solitary confinement year after year after year after year. So even though at the time straight up screwed me by locking me up, and put me back in solitary confinement, it worked out not just for me, but it worked out for the entire prison population in the state of Virginia because now there is no more long-term solitary confinement. And a lot of things have changed. You know, a lot of the abuses that have taken place have changed. And and I don't mean just the COs towards the inmates, because let me tell you something, I'm gonna, I'm going to call it straight down the middle. More inmates have attacked staff members than staff members have attacked inmates. It's, it's back and forth, and it's a violent world in here, and there's a lot of emotions and stuff happens. You know. But I'm not here to really talk about that or get anybody in trouble. That's not what I want to do with this podcast. You know. I just simply want to get my voice out there and tell my story. But because of that documentary, that opportunity that me and a few others that were in it had, we changed not just a lot of the rules in the Department of Corrections, but we changed also the culture in it. Because ever since then, there's been a lot less violence. You know, things have have chilled out and calmed down a little bit. Because once the inmates realized that the state was – willing to start working with us just a little bit you know that kind of relieved the pressure you know that we was all under you know because you just you cannot keep an individual locked in a cell basically 24 hours a day year after year after year so many guys are going to go home from the American prison system because pretty much the overwhelming majority of every single state in America was using and is still using long-term solitary confinement, just locking dudes up for years on end and leaving them in there. And most guys, they can't cope with it. They can't handle it. It will literally drive you insane being in this cell year after year after year with nothing to do, especially if your family cannot afford to send you money and you can't buy TV, you can't get magazine subscriptions, you can't get books or education material. If you, if you can't buy extra food from common if you can't buy those things, if you can't procure those things for you, a hundred times out of a hundred inmates without those things go insane. They lose their mind, and they go crazy. I've seen it. I've been beside them. I've done what I could to help them and talk to them. Sometimes you can reach them. Most times you cannot because once a person starts to slide down that slope, you do not stop until you hit the bottom. And once you hit bottom, you're so far gone that you cannot bring yourself back. It it would take a miracle of God to overcome everything that, you, that you've gone through in solitary confinement. You have to have it. You have to have solitary. If a guy gets into a fight and he's out there punching somebody or doing this or doing that, you have to lock him up. You have to get him out of the general population because if you don't, you could very easily start a full-scale riot, and then a lot of people get hurt. But you don't keep them in solitary – you don't keep a person in solitary confinement for 13 and a half years. And the thing is, I'm not even the person who's done the longest amount of time in solitary confinement. There's guys who've literally done over 20 years in solitary confinement. It messes with you. I mean there's just no way for it not to affect you. I spent so much time in solitary. It's just, you know, and with such poor nutrition and, you know, I wasn't able to buy commissary for most of it. I've only been able to get commissary for the last couple of years, especially, you know, thanks to some friends of mine. That it, All of these things contribute to just press you down and push you in on yourself. And as you know, if you put enough pressure on something, eventually something is going to bust. Something is going to break and it's going to explode. You sit there and you take an empty milk carton made out of cardboard and you, you, you drink it and pour it out and then you fold it over the top of it and then you stomp on it. It's going to blow the sides out. That's the same thing that's happening to human beings in solitary confinement. And the sad thing is, the overwhelming majority of these guys will eventually get out of prison. And then they're going to be society's problem again. Prison should not be about punishing criminals. Now, I know that sounds crazy to you. But this is the reason why I say it. Prison should be about taking this person who cannot follow the basic laws of the land, removing them from society so they don't hurt no one. So that they stop breaking the laws and they're in a structured environment. And then they need to be taught how to faint for themselves. Because let me tell you something, I've done 29 years in prison, juvenile and adult, and I've only met maybe four or five people who are literally capable of thinking for themselves. Everybody else reacts to their emotions. Whatever their emotions are, that's what they're going to do that day. If they're in a good mood, they're going to laugh and joke and have fun. If they're in a bad mood, somebody's going to get messed up. Because they cannot think beyond what they feel. So that's what prison needs to be about. It needs to be about true rehabilitation. And true rehabilitation is not an anger management program. It's taking someone and giving them the tools to be able to think for themselves. You teach a person how to think for himself, he will never come back to prison ever again. It's like that old adage, you give a man a fish, he'll be hungry by tomorrow. You teach a man how to fish, he'll never go hungry again. It's the same exact principle. But you have our congressmen and our senators in the United States of America are more concerned with filling their pockets from the billions of dollars that the prison industrial complex make off of inmates and their families to give a damn about rehabilitating us. You have one minute remaining and there is something fundamentally wrong with the leaders and politicians in the united states of america that they think this is acceptable this has been red onion randy i hope you enjoy listening to me i hope you enjoy hearing my story and i would appreciate it if you would check out my website redonionrandy.com take care and stay safe Thank you for using GTL.